Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, with the same love, united in heart, thinking one thing. What is that united mind that we're called to have as believers in Christ? It's none other than the mind of Christ himself. It's a theme that runs throughout the New Testament, throughout particularly the writings of St. Paul, that we're called to become Christ, that we've been brought into his person and his life through our baptism, our confirmation and the sacraments, that we're called to be transformed, to become his image, to live in his likeness, to take on his mind and his heart and his will. St. Paul goes on to highlight a particular aspect of what this means for us. He says, have in you the same attitude that is also in Christ Jesus. And what is that attitude that St. Paul highlights as the one that we're called to strive to take on for ourselves? It's Jesus' humility. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, he emptied himself taking on the form of a slave, coming in our humanity, he humbled himself and was obedient even to the point of death. At first, it might seem a bit paradoxical to us, but God is humble. God is humble, and that humility is revealed in Christ, who came down to our level, who emptied himself, for our sake. So Jesus reveals to us this humility that paradoxically comes from a place of of perfection. Because God, and in Jesus, Jesus in both his divinity and his humanity, he knows who he is. He's perfect God and perfect man. And he has confidence in, in that identity. He doesn't have to prove himself. He doesn't have to grasp for anything. He doesn't have to hold on to it for himself. He doesn't have to, you know, convince others of his dignity or his worth. No, he knows it. And so he's able to to pour himself out. He doesn't need to hold on to it. He came not to be served, even though he had every right to do so. But he came to serve. He came to give us a witness and an example of humility, of emptying ourselves, of of laying our lives down in love. I said Jesus' humility comes from this place of of perfection, of, of knowing who he is. Where for us, it kind of approaches it from the opposite direction. Our humility is in light of our our imperfection our weaknesses. So often our pride comes from a place of insecurity. 
we're not truly at peace and we don't truly know who we are. And so we feel like we have to prove ourselves. We have to convince others of our worth and our value. And that leads us often into pride. We're called to to follow the path of our Lord, a path of self-sacrifice, a path of self-denial, a path of humility, that virtue that we all love, right? It's a challenging one because it reveals the lie that we often believe about how important we are or how impressive we are. We're often confronted with our, our flaws, our imperfections and our weaknesses. But in God's providence, that is the opportunity that he gives us to, to empty ourselves, to humble ourselves, and to become more like Christ. There's so many different ways in which we can strive to put into practice this virtue of humility, to reflect upon, to examine where we might be perhaps a bit lacking, where we can examine our conscience. St. Paul gives us a couple. He says, do nothing out of selfishness. To reflect upon where in our life we're kind of living out of a self-centeredness, where we've made ourselves the priority, where we've made ourselves the center of our life. And that can reveal to us where we might be lacking in humility. He says to do nothing out of vainglory, seeking to impress others, right? to, to get honors and, and to want other people to, to think highly of us and to be overly concerned about that and, and to live kind of with that goal of, of impressing others. St. Paul says, rather humbly regard others as more important than yourselves. Where in your life, where in your relationships do you think it's about you? Where do you fall into that mentality or that mindset of thinking that you're more important? What you want or what you think or your preference or your way? No, that is not the example that Jesus gave us. He did not come for his own sake but for ours. But I actually want to highlight something in the gospel that I think can be a helpful reflection for us on where we might be a bit lacking in humility and where we can focus our efforts with the help of God's grace to to grow in this virtue that Jesus shows us. So we have this parable that Jesus gives to the chief priests and the elders, two sons. The first son, when his father tells him to go out into the field to work, He says no, but afterwards he changed his mind, and he went. He acknowledged that he was wrong. He admitted his mistake and his error, and he did what he knew was right. This is an aspect of humility. How do we respond, how do we approach the reality that there are times when we're wrong? When we make mistakes, when we fail, are we able to, in humility, come to see that and have a willingness to change, to be converted? So I think we can reflect upon this human experience of of failure, of, of making mistakes, and think about kind of leading up to it and how we might be thinking about it, but then also after the fact. First, maybe just to point out, um, 
you do know you make mistakes, right? You do know there are times when you're wrong. If you don't know that, that would be a good place to start. We're all flawed. We're all imperfect. We all have our faults. We're not God. And so in our our fallen humanity, we're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. And I think in humility, we can be at peace with that. And where there's not peace with our own imperfections, that's usually an indication of pride. And so we can think about it kind of leading up to the possibility that we might be wrong about something. We might make a mistake. We might fail. How do you feel about that? What's going on in your heart when you think about the possibility of, I might mess up. Is there fear over that? Is there anxiety? Is there a certain pressure? This mindset that I always have to be right. I always have to succeed. I always have to do well. I can't be wrong. I can't make a mistake. I can't fail. That is not the mind that Jesus wants us to live with because that's not reality. And that can create so much fear and anxiety and pressure that robs us of the peace and the freedom that God wants for us. Now, I'm not saying the opposite extreme of just being careless and reckless and, well, it doesn't matter if I make a mistake because I'm going to anyway, so I'm just going to, you know, act without prudence. No. We should act with prudence, with discernment, with prayer, with maturity, striving to, to glorify God in what we do. But we should not be under the delusion that we're never going to mess it up, that we're never going to make mistakes or fail. We are. You have You probably are right now in some way, and you will continue until the day you die. And if we can accept this from a place of humility, we can be at peace. We can even laugh about it. We don't have to get so worked up and live according to this perfectionism that is unrealistic and humanly impossible. So what about when we do make a mistake? What about when we do fail? How do we respond to that? And often in our pride, because we weren't expecting it, we thought it wasn't going to happen, what do we do? We get angry. We get frustrated. We criticize ourselves. We beat ourselves up. How could you do that again? Don't you know any better? What's wrong with you? In our pride, we're led to anger in the face of our our failures and our imperfections. And we get frustrated, either with ourselves or with others. How do you respond when when those in your life make mistakes, when they fail? Do you criticize? Do you judge? Do you get angry? Do you get frustrated? Do you hold them to this unrealistic ideal of perfectionism that you yourself don't live up to? This this response of of pride and of anger is is not of God. Jesus wants us to have that humility that is at peace, knowing who we are, knowing that we need His mercy, knowing that we need His grace, knowing that in God's providence, these mistakes are, are gifts because they're the means by which we most often grow in humility, in wisdom, in prudence. This is how we learn 
the lessons of life is more often through our failures. So instead of giving into so much anxiety and pressure to avoid them at all costs, or instead of getting angry and frustrated and beating ourselves up or others, when we have to deal with this human experience of our imperfection, instead, we can allow it with the grace of God to humble us, to turn us back to the Lord, to ask Him for His grace, His mercy, to give thanks that we have the opportunity to change. This is the attitude that Jesus wants us to take on in Him, to strive to imitate His humility, so that when we fail, and we will, we can be at peace. We can know that He loves us, even in our messiness, especially in our messiness. And we can always turn to Him with that confidence that He welcomes us without condemnation and without judgment, and that He's there to help us learn and grow so that in every aspect of our life, we can take on the mind and heart of Christ Jesus.